1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. And Asif, before we get to our first guest, can we get your take on the statement from RBC earlier this week that, here it goes, a historic housing correction is underway. That sounds really ominous. It does, and it certainly sent shockwaves through the industry when that report came out, Tina. And the thing to remember is what they said was it should be a decline by about 12% from the February peak by early 2023. So in January and February, we had a lot of multiple offers. Things were selling two, $300,000 over asking, and that's what they mean by the correction. It's based off of those prices. And now the report did go on to say that it would be market specific. So depending on where you live, what your market's like, that the housing prices could be more resilient in markets that are already readily affordable. So it's not across the board. And, uh, you know, as the article went on to close off, it did say that prices are still up 5% compared to uh, June of last year. So there's a few little things in there that uh, obviously the headlines did scare people. But, you know, basically, if you read the article, it does say that this is what they're predicting, but uh, there could be other factors that play into it and keep the market as resilient as it has been. Uh, There will be a correction. There will be an adjustment. However, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as people think. Thanks for providing some context there. Next on our show, the REMAX Canada Housing Affordability Report. That's right, Tina. And to break it down for us is the president of REMAX Canada, Christopher Alexander. Christopher, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to talk to you again. Christopher, we know that many people were willing to move during the pandemic, and this is you know across the province, uh, because they could work anywhere virtually, across the country, actually. And... Uh, Do you see that trend continuing, the relocation trend, and is it due to affordability this time? Affordability's been the key in people relocating to buy real estate since even before the pandemic, but the pandemic exacerbated the trend, and people were able to work and live in pretty much anywhere they wanted, as you noted, and so it, it, it... it allowed people to, they couldn't afford in a, an area they wanted to be in, uh, they would pick up and move to a different province. And we're seeing a lot of that in Alberta and the Maritimes right now. And and what is then the biggest barrier, do you think, to owning a home? Is it price? Is it supply? Uh, is it interest rates, inflation? Right now, it's all of those combined. Mm-hmm. Mid-2020, we had a perfect storm for rapid price appreciation and serious upward pressure on pricing. And now you've got kind of the opposite where you've got all the factors that can combine to create downward pressure on pricing. However, 
the, the challenge that we've had for years still remains. I mean, we still have a supply problem. And what I keep hearing out in the field is people still want to buy. They're waiting for the bottom, but there's still a lot of interest. And it just buyers have, even though they have less buying power, they have a lot more control of purchasing decisions, which they haven't had in years. And Chris, your housing affordability means something different to everybody. Tell us what the uh, poll found about the respondents that responded to the question about what a home they can afford means for them. Well, it includes a lot of livability elements, such as you know being close to school, having a walkable neighborhood, and just not being house rich so to speak, where the only thing you can really afford is your mortgage payment and groceries. And so to most people, they want to still be able to have a lifestyle that they coveted for their lives and, and have built towards. So but what's very fascinating about this report is the sheer desire to own real estate in Canada is as strong as ever, even despite everything going on right now. Uh, it is top priority for so many people. They want to buy real estate, they want to own it, and they want to use it as a wealth creation vehicle. And what did the survey show about, you know, Canadians' feelings about purchasing or selling their home right now, especially, you know, if they're concerned about a recession that may be ahead? Yeah, I think that's top of mind for most people. I mean, it's all you really hear about in the headlines right now is rising interest rates, big-time inflation, and what's to come in the future, I think the Bank of Canada is really on a mission to, you know, curb demand in all kinds of different marketplaces. And it appears they may be willing to go into a bit of a recession to achieve that goal. So I I think Canadians are traditionally very savvy when it comes to their, you know, their wealth and their money. And it's certainly a big, big topic right now amongst consumers is what's going to happen in the future. And looking at uh, affordable neighborhoods across Western Canada, Christopher, they included Victoria and Kelowna. Were there any other surprises? To me, those are surprises because you tend to think Victoria and Kelowna have some of the most priciest real estate. Were there any other surprises about affordability in Western Canada? Well, they do, and they were uh, well at the bottom of the list of affordable uh, areas. I, I think... As far as surprises go, I, I, not, I'm not really that surprised because of all the activity we've seen and the new trends, people moving across the country. Uh, as I mentioned, Alberta is, is still booming right now, and it's still quite affordable, especially if you compare it to southern Ontario or lower mainland in British Columbia. You know, it's about half the price. Um, and so... That wasn't really surprising, but uh, I'm excited to see, you know, places like Saskatoon and Winnipeg really accelerate because I, I think there's still so a tremendous amount of pressure on the greater Golden Horseshoe in Ontario and lower mainland British Columbia. And so to see other cities in, in the country starting to attract uh, a different level of people, I think is really exciting. What was the biggest takeaway from this report and where do we go from here? Well, my big takeaway was the fact that people still really want to own real estate. And that is a big, big priority for a lot of Canadians. They're willing to make sacrifices to do it. And so for me, that that shows that there's 
despite what's what's happening right now with the shift in the marketplace, that long-term uh, Canadian real estate is going to be a very, very healthy uh, investment. I agree. And, and Christopher, if people want to read the report from REMAX Canada, where can they find it? Blog.remax.ca. Blog.remax.ca. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, for our listeners, head over to blog.remax.ca and check out the affordability report by REMAX Canada. After the break, the cost of renting. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez. Our real estate expert is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. And Asif, you have today's next guest. Thank you, Tina. I do. Ben Myers, president of Full Pen Research and Consulting, joins us. Welcome back to On the Market, Ben. Well, thanks for having me again. And there's certainly been a lot of talk about rents and and where they're reaching right now in terms of dollar value. Tell us a little bit about the June rent report and your biggest takeaways. Yeah, so um, Bullpen Restring Consulting and, and uh, Rentals.ca put out a, a monthly rent report that basically looks at the listings on the, the Rentals.ca website. We just we crunch the numbers to really see where the market's going. And uh, and I think what we said, st- <laughs> we talked about at ad nauseum, you know, the rents just plummeted during the pandemic as, as uh, you know, young students that would have been out starting their first jobs in the downtown core stayed living with mom and dad or stayed in their university towns. You know, immigration uh, um, was reduced. The number of foreign students coming to the country was reduced. The number of tourism was reduced, which reduced some of that short-term uh, or eliminated some of that short-term rental mar- market uh, activity. And those units went back onto the full-time rental market, so so rents crashed. And uh, and really, since April of last year, you kind of this the post uh, post vaccine pandemic, uh, rents have just been shooting up. So um, you know, just looking specifically at the GTA, you know, rents are up 19% year over year. Right, they're up to $2,403 per month in the in the Greater Toronto area. So uh, pretty significant increases, and and I think part of uh, the rise over the last couple uh, months is the uh, uh, is due to the increase in, in interest rates. So so people can afford to get into the ownership market, or the, maybe they can, but they see that prices are starting to correct, and they don't want to you know uh, catch a falling knife, as they say. So they're staying in the rental market, reducing rental supply uh, at a time when rental demand is up, and so those two factors are, are combining for a very high rental rate appreciation. Before we talk a little bit further about the impact of interest rates and inflation, can you take us through the provinces with the highest monthly rents? Yeah, well, we have uh, you know Ontario and BC; those are really the month the the, the places you want to talk about. But surprisingly, Alberta has has had pretty strong growth as well. So I think you know that you know related to you know people moving out there for affordability and and the you know the energy market coming back. So uh, by far, BC is experiencing the strongest growth led by Vancouver, and, and second uh, only to Ontario, or second to Ontario. And even the East Coast seems to be hitting peaks that, you know, they've never seen numbers like that before in terms of rentals. What do you attribute that to? 
Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at some of the, uh, you know, the the migration numbers, the uh, the the uh, uh, within the city, uh, sorry, within the country. So, you know, there's just thousands of people moving from Ontario out to New Brunswick and out to, to Nova Scotia, and really driving up the rents in those those marketplaces. You know, I think uh, even mentioned my neighbor. Uh, they moved back uh, back east uh, out to out to Halifax uh, from Toronto because they you know proved that they were were, were great workers uh, remotely and and uh, asked their companies if they could uh, make it permanent and and their company said yes and and so they moved uh, to a place where they could get a significantly larger house and uh, and uh, move back closer to uh, to family so I think that's happening at a pretty large scale. So how much are we talking? What is the monthly rent in some of these cities and provinces? You know, BC, $2,456 a month in June. And that's, again, that's all property types. So singles, semis, uh, townhomes, condo apartments, rental apartments, basement apartments. And just going back to, uh, you know, 2020, kind of, uh, prior to the pandemic, that was $500 a month less. So it's a really huge growth in, in BC. Uh, in Ontario, $2,232 a month uh, for, for rent for all property types in June. And that's actually below it where it was in, in June of 2019. So, so rent, despite the fact that it's shooting up in Ontario, is still below where it was pre-pandemic. So it's one of the only uh, provinces where we haven't quite got back to pre-pandemic levels. Now, for the first time in a couple of years, landlords are allowed to increase their rent a little more than what they were accustomed to. What do you feel about that, and what's the general talk around the rent increase guidelines? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we have inflation. You know, depending on what measure you look at, five, seven, eight percent, and and you're only allowed to to, to raise your rent. You know, what was it one point seven percent, or what was it? Sorry, I, I, it used to be one point two, one point two, and I think they're allowed to do two point three, two point five for uh, next year. Okay. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit higher um, uh, this year, but still nowhere near inflation. When you know some of these landlords are are, are faced with significantly higher cleaning costs and and uh, and things along those lines because of uh, because of inflation. So um, you know it's it's tough because affordability is 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 uh, you know getting worse and worse out there. Uh, but these landlords need to be able to cover the costs and and uh, and make a profit, or they're going to start ignoring some of the things that need to be done in some of these buildings. So certainly it's a, it's a fine line for the provinces uh, uh, to be walking when they're trying to set this uh, rent increase guideline. And you mentioned interest rates and inflation, but what are some of the other factors affecting the rental market? Well, I think, you know, for sure, immigration, uh, strong immigration into the country. We're, we're, we're seeing record numbers of uh, foreign students coming into the marketplace. And in some in some cities, you know, we're seeing two and even three graduating cohorts now moving to the downtown cores to start their first jobs in person. Right? They had started jobs, but they were working remotely uh, the entire time, and in a lot of times, either staying with mom and dad or still staying with their their college roommates from from graduation. So I think that is, uh, you know, really causing a boom in in places like uh, downtown Vancouver and 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 downtown Toronto. And again, like I said, interest rates uh, cause less people to buy, uh, reducing supply in in the uh, uh, in the rental market. And probably a, a third factor would be, 
you know, these, uh, the inflation and the supply chain issues impacting completions in the new housing market. So uh, you see a lot of cranes out there in the city of Toronto and, and, and even up in, in North York, there's lots of cranes now in terms of, terms of high-rise activity, but they're not getting completed as fast as anticipated because of these supply chain issues, because of inflation, and even because of labor stoppages. There's been a number of uh, strikes uh, within the trades, uh, trying to get their, you know, their uh, get their fair wages for 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 what they're doing. So, you know, there's actually more completions for for rental apartments and condo apartments uh, in Quebec over the first half of the year than there was in Ontario. Right. So uh, that certainly doesn't make uh, a lot of sense given how much larger the population of Ontario is in comparison in comparison to Quebec. And something really interesting that we've come across, Ben, is. You know, there, there's a difference between choosing to rent and having to rent, and there's a lot of people that are now choosing to rent. I mean, these people have six-figure income, 800 credit score, and they're actually turning to the rental market for whatever reason, but it's taking away rental properties from those having to rent. What would be the solution to come up with more properties for those that absolutely have to rent and now are being squeezed out of the rental market by these people with the great credit and higher income. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we've we've been kind of waiting for the baby boomers to start cashing out of their houses and and starting to rent, but we we certainly haven't seen that at the at the pace that some people would have expected. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think some people want to see what's happening in the in the resale market and, and things are starting to trend down a little bit. So maybe they want to cash out and and use that money to travel and and and, and fund their 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 daily expenses. Uh, but we need to add supply. I mean, it's it's you know I I I, I say it till I'm blue in the face. You know, we we built less homes in 2021 than we did in 2002, and those and the homes that we did build, did build are significantly smaller. So we're building less bedrooms, less square footage, and 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 less total units. So uh, and we're getting you know a higher immigration and uh, and higher net uh, population growth, which is hard to do if you don't deliver as many housing units. Uh, to to to, uh, to get uh, the same level of of population growth, right? So people are squeezing in to more, more small units. They are, you know, staying with mom and dad. You know, we have a record high number of adults living with their parents in Ontario, uh, and people living with uh, roommates well into their 40s, right? So we certainly need more housing supply, and uh, and hopefully uh, the governments can, uh, you know actually do some of the uh, things that they promised to do and and uh, to to help uh, uh, you know help achieve those goals and Ben you know Asif has described this market as a bit cool and quiet but the rental market is really hot can you forecast or predict then what do you think is next well I think rents are going to continue to go up uh, if I if I had to you know put my hands on the on the crystal ball and try to guess I think the the, the, the resale housing market is probably going to trend down for uh, six to nine months, maybe maybe longer, right? We had a significant bubble, really, that, that formed in that January, February, March period. Uh, and in a lot of places, you know, pricing was up 20, 30, 40 percent, right? Really unbelievable price growth. So whenever you see price go up that quickly, it's, it's often likely go, to go down that quickly. So I think a lot of people are going to take the the wait and see attitude in terms of uh, in terms of buying. So I think we're going to see an extended slump in the in the retail market. But uh, I just don't think there's enough uh, rental properties on the market. But eventually, 
you know, we'll start to run into some type of equilibrium where people start running the numbers and say, okay, well, you know, it makes more sense to me and go, go and buy this house, even if I do think, you know, prices are going to go down another 5 to 10%, you know, I can cover the payment. It's better than where, where rents are going. So, um, and so I'll jump into there. So, I, but I think that's probably six to nine months uh, out from, from where we are today, if I had to, if I had to guess. And then looking at uh, landlords that are possibly thinking of selling because of, you know, inflation and the high interest rates right now, where do you see that heading in terms of not being able to have tenants vacate the properties? Uh, it seems to be a growing number of uh, tenants that are refusing to leave when the landlord sells. Do you, you know, how do you see that in terms of the rental market and, and is it going to help or hurt the rental market because they can't afford to leave the homes that they're being forced to vacate? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, all right? You know, I, I feel for anyone that's in, in that situation, any tenant that's, you know, uh, being asked to leave and then uh, go out and try to find a, a unit in a market that's definitely more expensive. But I also feel for any tenant that just, you know, feels like they don't want to do it. Any landlord, sorry, that doesn't feel like they, they want to do it anymore. They want to cash out and, and they don't have the ability to do that because, you know, their tenant is refusing to leave. So it's kind of a a lose-lose uh, situation out there, but uh, I really don't know what the remedy uh, to that uh, to that situation is, right? So uh, I, I I wish our our province and our city had some you know financial assistance out there available, legal assistance to uh, uh, you know to prevent the the bad landlords from from doing unsavory things, but also for the bad tenants for uh, you know acting in bad faith and and not paying their bills. And always great to talk to you and great information. If our listeners want to find the rent report, where can they do that? Yeah, so it's uh, rentals.ca. If you just search, the, uh, just Google National Rent Report from, from rentals.ca and, and Bullpen Consulting, you should be able to find it uh, uh, Find it pretty easily. There's a lot of, you typically do nine or ten charts on there. We chop the numbers up in a bunch of different ways to really try to uh, get to the root of the uh, the issues in, in the marketplace. That's great. Looking forward to your next update. Have a great week. All right. Thanks for having me. When we come back, your real estate questions and the hot listing. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. Mena from Maple wants to expand her mudroom and move the laundry room to the basement. Will this change the impact or resale value of her home? Asif, what do you think? Good question. And as subtle a change as it is to move the laundry to the basement, it actually does affect the value. It, it, maybe not the monetary value, but the perceived value when someone sees the house because they're looking at this and saying, wow, now I have to go up and down two flights of stairs to get to the laundry. There's a lot of people that prefer an upper level laundry room. And even now with a a main floor laundry room, it's still desirable. But moving it down to the basement may not be uh, a great thing to do, but it also depends on what you want to do with that mudroom and how you want to enhance it because the trade-off is going to be if that mudroom is absolutely spectacular, then you know it may outweigh the or have some benefits to having the laundry back in the basement. 
The other thing you can do is if you really want to have that mudroom expanded, make sure the connections are still there. So if someone wants to move the laundry back to the mudroom or, or back to the main level, that they're able to do that. And then you can advertise it at that as saying the laundry could come back up if the new buyer wanted. And how common are laundry rooms on the upper level or the second floor? They're, they're more and more common right now. And uh, it, it's a very, very, especially with people with young kids or, or seniors, it's a very desirable quality to have the laundry room on the upper level. We're seeing people uh, put a stackable laundry into a linen closet these days and, and just making it more convenient. The other thing is with more people renting out their basements, if the laundry was originally in the basement, they're leaving the laundry down there and, and building a laundry either on the main floor or the upper level so that they can have a, a fully uh, enclosed unit for the tenants in the basement. Our next question comes from Tom in Richmond Hill. He's on the market to purchase a condo, but wants to know if changes to the unit, such as building a wall to create an additional bedroom, will be permitted. How does that all work, Asif? Very tricky question, and you have to actually apply to the condo board to make sure that these changes would be permitted. Now, there's a a lot of rules and regulations with the condo boards. Uh, If you don't get permission, you may have to take everything down and and, and make it back to the current state that the condo was found in. But you have to apply to the condo board, give them the drawings, tell them which contractors are going to be working on it. Contractors have to have a certain amount of insurance to work in a condo building. So with, uh, with the condo boards and rules and regulations, it's a very touchy and tricky subject and needs to be decided by them. Wow, I thought it would be a lot simpler than that. It doesn't sound like it is at all. Yeah, building walls. I mean, if you're just renovating a kitchen and things like that, you still need to have permission from the condo board. But usually it's a lot easier. But when we're adding bedrooms, and it depends on how you're going to advertise that bedroom, because in the status certificate, it'll still show as, say, a one-bedroom, if you're making the extra bedroom, the second bedroom. Uh, so it, it is really tricky. I've seen people do it with one plus one. So if it's a den, you put up uh, maybe a, a door and make that into a bedroom. But when you're adding walls and, and changing the structure, the layout, uh, it really does need approval from the condo board. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Yeah, they can contact me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Time now for the On the Market Hot Listing. Asif, over to you. And we're going to be going out to Durham, Tina, for an absolutely gorgeous semi-detached home. This this is a large semi. It feels like a detached. And in fact, it's bigger than some of the detached. It's in the near part of Whitby. It's at uh, Taunton and 412. So that's the, the free part of the toll highways right now. And great location. You're surrounded by amenities, great parks. There's a new day spa coming around the corner. It's going to be a state-of-the-art day spa. It's going to be a huge attraction in Whitby. And uh, school's going to be just right in the backyard pretty much. Great layout, all updated. I mean, updates as in you've got a separate entrance to the basement off the side of the home. You've got feature walls inside, a gorgeous kitchen that's been updated and renovated, uh, high-end appliances, and what we just talked about, an upper-level laundry room. Uh, It's just a fabulous four-bedroom property. And what's the list price for this property? 
just under $1.2 million for a home like this. I mean, these were going for $1.3 and change, $1.4 million in the hot market. So this is a steal. If our listeners want more information about this property, where can they get it? You know, they can call 905-554-5522. And the property address is 122 Christine Elliott in Whitby. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.